I'm really excited about this message that I'm going to preach. I think it's one of those um, it's one of those messages that I just get the privilege of being able to be part of it. Yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a Bible geek. What does that mean? I I'm, I, I like just finding out stuff and and I try and get around smart people like Pastor Michael and 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 others and and you know when you're a doctor, hey. Doctor of theology, doctor of amazingness. Just try. <laughs> the only person laughing is you, Julian. I don't know why that is. And um, but but we've been in we've been in the series talking about the Holy Spirit. And if if you just join with us today, if you you don't come along to church a whole lot, uh, and you want to know about this Holy Spirit, I mean, you might even not know what that is. Uh, we've got a whole lot of. Um, Places you can go onto the website and you can find out incredible, incredible messages leading up to that. It's just been a whole lot of weeks. And I'm not even going to try and touch on it. In fact, when I found out that I was wrapping up this series, I was like, how can, I, how can you take all of these amazing messages and like, even if I just took one thought out of there. If you've, you've hung out with me for a moment, you know I'm very passionate. And so you get me talking about one thing, we'll go forever. And if I have to do that with every message, we're going to be lost. And, and then I got this message on my heart and I was like, I don't even know how. I'm going to take all of this and jam it all into here. And, and I'm going to, but I'm going to try. Uh, I'm going to try and, and, and bring it to a close. But you know what? The Holy Spirit never comes to a close. Uh, if you don't know who I am, my name's, I think I've said already, I'm Steve. I'm part of the team here. And um, I'm passionate about God. I'm, I'm really passionate about God. I'm passionate about the Word of God. And I'm passionate about it being simple for people to understand the Word of God. Uh, when I was a young youth pastor, someone said to me, Steve, you have a gift of being able to make hard things simple. And I was like, no, I want people to look at me and go, you're so smart. You know, when someone says all of those flash words. In fact, sometimes I'll write down these real flash words on here, but when I get to them, I just I have to skip over them. They just don't feel right. Oh, what, but, but what I've discovered is people who make easy things hard, they're not that wise. I want to be known as that, man, you just made that simple. And I also really love it when I'm anointed, and that's why I've got Maria playing, because she's going to bring the anointing and, and help this out as well. And, and if, if it goes really well, I might even sing. No, that's not going to happen. And um, today I want to speak about a, a word, and the team's going to put it up on there, called Shavuot. We're going to talk about the Passover. The Passover we actually celebrate is next uh, weekend. But because we're finishing off the series and we're going into this amazing global legacy, uh, which this church has an amazing global legacy. You're like, what's all of that about? It's about this church having an amazing legacy right around the globe. Here, different parts of here, around our nation, but also in the nation. So we're going to jump into that next weekend, but but we're going to, and so we're going to celebrate, or we're going to talk about it now so you can get a, an understanding of, I guess, this, 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 uh, this moment, this, this um, uh, I guess, this, this Pentecost moment. I don't know, but I've been in the church for a long time. I started, I was, I was talking to a young lady today. She had four kids and she was at the back of the room. And, um, and she was in my youth group when I was young. And, and we were talking and I said, oh, you look exactly the same. And then she didn't say, she said, oh, it's nice to see you. Because uh, I had black hair the last time we talked, right? You know, and, um, and uh, I don't know, I told you that. And uh, uh, Yeah, I, I've been around for a little while and I never knew what Pentecost meant. 
When you think about the word Pentecost as a Christian, you think it means probably something about the Holy Spirit, right? Because that's the moment where they were in the upper room and, and they were praying and then the Holy Spirit just like a, there was a roaring wind and there was this amazing moment where like flames came on people's head. This Holy Spirit was poured out upon the church and from there, then on, like as a church, I mean, it's a, it's a milestone moment for the church. It's like, it's like one of the greatest moments at, as, a, as a Pentecostal Christian that we would say this is a life-defining moment. Jesus giving His life, the Lamb, perfect Lamb, given for us. That's like an amazing moment, yeah? And so this Pentecost moment that we say the word Pentecostal, we're Pentecostals. And then we go, yeah, we know what that's about. But I discovered it's not about that at all. In fact, the word Pentecost means 50th. Yeah? All the people who are 50 are happy about that. You know, like, okay, and what, what's that mean? mean or it means the seven weeks. I was like, cool, 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 cool. You know, like, okay, we've got a little bit of study to do here. I, I want to try and tell you about something that as I started thinking about that, I, I always ask, I often ask myself this question when I read the Bible, is when Jesus says things or big moments happen in the Bible, in the New Testament, what were the Jewish people thinking right now? When Jesus says, and this happened, what were they thinking? Because they were more Bible literate than we ever will be probably. They knew, they knew it back to front, they knew it, they were, it was amazing. So what were they thinking when he said those things, yeah? And so that's what I did with that, like, like Pentecost. What happens when this Holy Spirit happens? What's happening in that moment? And they were actually for 1,500 years already celebrating the, the, the Shavuot. So this was on a festival weekend and I, I'm gonna try and take you on a little bit of a story, a little bit of a journey to maybe help you to see how important this is and how amazing this is and how why I'm so excited about it and passionate that you would be excited about it as well. There's three main festivals in the Bible. There's, there's, there's one, one other, but I'm just going to talk about these three because often it's just broken into these three main festivals that the Jewish people would, would, um, would celebrate. And the first one is the festival of Sukkot. It's a festival that lasts for eight days. And it has a whole lot of things that would happen along this festival. I don't know what you think about a festival now. You might think about a festival we have out, out, out there or, or you might have been to a, 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 a band festival. But these festivals are amazing and they were actually designed by God. And so this festival of Sukkoth, it was a festival that you, all, you had to come home to. You all had to come back to be part of this festival. And, 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 and what, what you would do is, is you would build a, uh, and mainly the men would build a, 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 a booth, a, a shack, a, 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 an area that you could sleep in for the week. It wasn't, it wasn't allowed to be like, uh, all of a sudden Rob was concreting and stuff and like that. No, it had to be something you could set up and you could pull back down, yeah? Kind of a little bit like maybe like a, a, a kid's like hide area, you know, you have like a little hut somewhere. And so they would set up these things and, and, and they, they, would, they would put them out on the streets. And, and one of the rules of having the, 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 the um, festival, uh, uh, the hut of Sukkoth is you had to be, when you lay in it at night, you had to be able to look up and see the stars. 
Yeah, so that's great for my building skills. You know, like, so it's all right if there's some holes in the roof, right? So they would just put some stuff on there, but you'd be able to lie out in this place uncovered and wonder at the magnificence of God. You would be unprotected. You would be uncovered. You'd be in a place where God needed to be your protection. And so they would live in these places for like a week. It's like camping. And they'd be out there camping out and they'd be putting themselves in a place where, 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 they, would, where, they, where they would say, uh, where they would say that, that we, are, we must ultimately rely on God to provide for us. They spent a week getting in a position for that. I, you know what? Five minutes sometimes is just, I'm distracted, you know, like, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, oh, squirrel, you know, like, there's a, the, but for a whole week, they would, they would say, God, we're, you're our provider. And they would put themselves in that place. That's amazing, right? And there would be another festival happening at the same time. Well, I know another thing that would be happening, there's many of them. I don't have time to squash all of this into the time I've got today because I've got to do three festivals, not just one. There'd be another one where they would, they would take a, a, a whole lot of sacrifices and they would take them to the altar and they would burn uh, these sacrifices on the altar. Uh, they would take, uh, take, they take um, bulls and they would take sheep and they would take grain and they would take drink offerings and they would, they would pour them out. They would pour them out. They, this, was, this festival was when you just had your amazing harvest that you would have this festival already believing that God is going to be the provider for our next harvest, okay? And so they would be taking the, the, these, the, these, these bulls and it would go like this. On the first day, uh, they would, they would, there would be 13 bulls that would be sacrificed and they would, they would, they would burn them like a, an aroma going up to heaven. I don't know what you think about that, but if you're a South African, it sounds like a braai. Or it smells like one. Yeah, meat, cooking. Oh my gosh, come on, somebody. That's just good news. You're just walking around for like eight days. Oh, smells so good. We, we, we had a braai here the other day and we um, and, and there was, I think that there was just South Africans that had never been to church just who were driving past, smelt it and drove in. It's kind of like this, 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 I think that's a joke, but there was brand new people who were there that day that were actually Afrikaans, yeah? And, uh, and, and so on the first day, they would, they would sacrifice 13 bulls and they would offer them up to the God. They, there would also be rams and lambs and there would be grain and other offerings as well. But I'm just going to talk about the, the bulls for us here today. On the second day, they would prepare 12 young bulls. And on the third day, they would prepare 11 bulls. And on the fourth day, prepare 10 bulls. And on the fifth day, they would prepare nine bulls. And on the sixth day, they would prepare eight bulls. And on the seventh day, they would prepare seven bulls. Uh, can you just imagine it's just like this ongoing barbecue, the smell. Well, people were living uncovered saying, God, you're our provider. There would be the sacrifice happening and the smell of it. I've got to tell you, I like meat. So it's, like for me, that's a good thing, right? Sorry if that's not a good thing for you, but I, I, this is, I'm excited, you know? At the same time, at the same time, uh, and, and so over the seven days, there would be 70 bulls that were killed. And the people of the time believed that the word, number 70 was the, the amount of nations that there were. So there was a one bull sacrificed for every nation for seven days. But on the eighth day, in the greatest day of the feast, there was just one bull sacrificed for all. 
And while this was happening, there was songs being sung. There was worship. The band was cranking it, man. Like Liam was on bass and then he was on piano and then he was like on guitar and then he was, I mean, he was doing everything. Can, can that guy not do? I mean, he's a 10 talent guy, right? I mean, there was praise happening. In fact, it said that people were worshiping so hard out, like that would make us feel silly today. Like we, we would be like, and we'd be like, settle down, mate. Do you know that they worshiped because they believed that by the amount that they worshipped was about, was about the amounting that the pouring out for their next year harvest would come. Now, I don't, but like, this is not like, I'm not saying you should worship so that you get something out of it. That's not what it's about. But imagine how you would worship. If you were just saying to God, the amount that I worship here is the amount, I mean, come on somebody, you're going to be dancing. The flags are coming out. You're like, you're, you're just... I know you do that at home anyway, so that you could bring it into the church. That would be fine. And, and, and there was just this, this worship and people crying out. And, and there would be just these moments of just applause would come and people would be shouting and people would be clapping. Their hands would be, they, they, would, like, they, would, they would be nearly raw over these seven days just praising them. They'd be, they'd be chanting scriptures and they'd be calling out. And then at the same time as all of this is happening, as people were living in a place where, God, you are my provider. I am uncovered and I'm putting you back in your rightful place. There was this ongoing, amazing barbecue happening. <laughs> and, and, and there was this worship and praise. It says that early in the morning on the first day, the priests would go down to the well and they would take this amazing golden uh, 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 jar, no I don't know, I can't think of the word and they would fill it up with water and they would bring it back, they would come through the water gate and there would be worship and there would be this incredible smell and there would be this incredible sound and people would be coming through and they'd bring it up onto the, onto the altar and here there would be an altar and they would pour out the water onto the altar and on the other side they would have another uh, big flask or jar and they would be pouring out wine onto this altar and it was I don't know about you, but you can't stop it running off, right? And so it would just be, it would be running off and day after day, they would bring this water and they would pour it on and they would pour on the wine and it would start. It would just start leaking out further and further. On the second day, on the third day, on the fourth and the fifth and the sixth day, on the seventh day, until it was just running down over the steps, running down over the courtyard, running down where the people were worshipping. There's this amazing smell of sacrifice. There's this amazing place where people are saying, I need to get myself to remind myself that God is my provider. I don't work for this. That God is my provider. There was this worship. There was this, these, uh, 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 this, this chanting or this reciting of, of Scripture. There was this water being poured out and this wine being poured out. And it simply says this, in this moment where everybody was there. Sorry, I just got to find a, get a bit excited to change my notes. In John 7 and 37, it says this, and on the last and the greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood. There was the smell. There was the, there was the, 
the, the, the, the incense going up to God. There was a people in a great position. There was worship. There was praise. There was a water being poured out and it was flowing over. And it was flowing over. And in the last and the greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, uh, streams of living water will flow within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later, would later receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified. Jesus just hijacked this, this festival. Everything was pointing to Jesus. And then, hey, hey guys, just want to let you know, if you're thirsty... I'm your guy. And I'm going to bring a water. Do you know what? Water is, is, is to purify. Water is to clean. But wine is joy. When you read the Bible, it talks about joy. And there was this water of cleansing, but there was also this joy about to be poured out. And amongst all of this, Jesus stands and says, I am the answer. I'm the one that you're celebrating. I am the one you're looking for. And it says some people are like, whoa, is it the Saviour? And others are like, no, nah, that's the guy from down the road. One of the most significant parts of us being Christians is that Jesus revealed Himself. And it happened at a festival, a Jewish festival something that was marked in the calendar and Jesus showed up. The Passover. Maybe we know a little bit more about the Passover as Christians. It's a, it's a celebration that, that, that we've, we've kind of like tied a little bit to Easter really for us because most often it falls on the same time and the same date. There's a few times where it doesn't, but most often it, it comes there. But I'm not going to take a whole lot of time to talk about the Passover because I think you get this a little bit more. But the Passover was another massive and massively important festival where everyone would come home to be able to celebrate it. The Jewish people, they would be celebrating the Exodus story, celebrating the remembrance of God uh, who, ser who served them and led them. That takes them from slavery into God's promises, takes the, the blood on the, over the door so that there would be a passing over. They would, be, they would be in this moment, they would be preparing this unblemished lamb for their family. They didn't just have, they couldn't just show up. They had to prepare. And they would have to prepare an unblemished lamb. In fact, if you brought something that was blemished, you couldn't do it. You, and they would, they would bring that to the, to the temple and the blood would be poured out on the altar and the meat would be given back to you to take to your home. They would clean their houses. They would recount stories of the amazing things about God. And they would have different foods that they would eat and not eat. And they would believe in for God to do something amazing again. They're celebrating how they were in, the, the, they were in slavery for 400 plus years. But in one moment, their God Save them out of that. That's what they're celebrating in this moment. That there was a lamb that they would give that would be a sacrifice to protect their family, to get them right with the things of God. There's a lot of lambs, man. And so this was all going on. 
And amongst this festival, and amongst this noise, and amongst this smell, and amongst this, this worship, and amongst these stories that were being recounted, the celebration and the remembrance, Jesus was arrested. Jesus was tried and found innocent. He was unblemished. And He was whipped and He was beaten. And He gave His perfect life. His blood was poured out on the altar. His body nailed to the cross and His life given. His perfect life. The perfect Lamb was given for one and for all. Again, the Jewish festival is a revelation, comes, uh, 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 is a place for revelation to come alive. Jesus is revealed as the Messiah. He gives His perfect life for a broken life. Are you with me? Do I need to take more time? There's this, these three festivals. And Jesus is already wrecked too, if you're a Jew. He showed up. And he said, that's me. And he showed up. He said, you don't need to do that any longer because I am the lamb given for all. I'm the lamb given for all. So then we come to what I want to talk about. And the three hours later, we'll let you go. That's not true. The Shavuot. The Shavuot. What's this 50th day about? Why are they celebrating something about 50th days? What you need to do is you need to go, well, what happened if they celebrated the, this offering here and then they celebrated this Passover here? What happened 50 days after the Passover? Smart, eh? I know, I'm not, I know you're smart. And so 50 days from Shavuot back was the Passover. This was the moment where where, where they, would, they would bring the lamb, that they would go through all of these things to get themselves right with God. Each house would have to go through this process. But in 50 days was when, they went up, when Moses went up the Mount of Sinai. Sinai? Yes. And he, uh, and, and he got the, and they were given the Ten Commandments. You're like, we're having a party for the Ten Commandments? And so this is what this, the picture of this third festival. Remember, there's three, the three most important festivals. Is that three? I thought I had four fingers up for a second. Three most important festivals. They're celebrating that as a church, as a people, that God came down. I don't know if you've read the story lately, but it's an amazing story. Moses goes up and the presence of God comes down and lightning starts to happen and the ground starts to shake and there's a, I mean, they, they, they're, they're so powerful that they're petrified. And then the, the, the Word of God comes to them and, and, and they, they receive these commandments so that they can live a, a life that can be in relationship with God. It sets them apart from every other nation. It sets them apart from every other people. It sets them apart in an amazing way. And they realise that they are blessed that their God would come down in a powerful, powerful moment and that He would give them something that they could live by. And that's what they're celebrating. That's what happens in this, in this Pentecostal, in this Pentecost festival. 
And so here they are, and they're celebrating that, and, and, they're, and they're getting their food ready, and they're, 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 there's a bunch of different things that they, that they would that would they go through. They would bring their first fruits offering. I was just thinking if I'm going to read that to you or not. If I'm going to read it to you, I have to find it. And this is from Deuteronomy 26. And once you enter the land that God, your God, is giving you as an inheritance to take it over and settle down, you are to take some of all of your first fruits of what you grow in the land that God, your God, is giving you. Put them in a basket and go to the place of God, your God, set apart for you and worship Him. At that time, go to the priest who was there and say, I announce to God, your God, today that I have entered the land that God promised our ancestors and He give to us. And the priest will take the basket from you and place it on the altar and, and, and God, your God, there in His presence of God, your God, and you will recite. And then it's got this massive long part. I'm not going to read it all except for the finish. And today God has reaffirmed that you are dearly held treasure. Just as He had promised, a people entrusted with keeping His commandments, His Ten Commandments, the people who set high, uh, set high above all other nations that He's, uh, that he's made, High in praise, fame, and honour. You are a people holy to God, your God. That's what He has promised. They're celebrating this, this powerful, powerful moment of when God set them apart. Set them apart as a nation, set them apart as a people. They were bringing a first fruits offering and they were giving that first fruits offering. Do you know what a first fruits offering is? And I need to be very careful because the doctor arborist is here, uh, horticulturalist and everything else. He's, he's another 10 talent man. Uh, is the is first fruits is if you see that fruits coming, then that means there's, a, there's an assurance that there's going to be a fruitful season coming. So you take the first of your fruits and you give the first of your fruits knowing that the fullness of the fruit is about to come. I think it's a pretty amazing trust exercise. I don't know about you, but when I first started going fishing with my father-in-law, he, he said to me, hey, Steve, you always give the first fish back. And I was like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Until I caught a big first, first fish. Like, what is this the only one I catch today? Don't judge me. If it's the first fruit, am I, am I assured that the, the tree's going to be full in the next season? And this is what they were celebrating. There was a whole lot of other things that they were celebrating as well. They, they, they would put, uh, the Jewish people would wear, would wear white because so, they, they would remember how Moses came down and he was glowing. They would, they would uh, light uh, candles all over the show. There's candles and candles. As they, that this, this moment that this God would show up, it would be like a flame. His, his promise and His harvest that was about to come, it would be like this, 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 this burning moment, this, this 
wow moment, this incredible outpouring. So there would be candles lit everywhere. There would be, uh, there would be uh, flowers and herbs and, and in some cases grasses and, 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 and leaves all over the place. So uh, in the temple when you're in your home, so when you would walk on them, it would smell, it would smell like a harvest is about to come. It's an amazing picture. It's an amazing thought that God would step into that, that verse. They would be quoting that verse that I just uh, shared with you before. And then it says in Acts 2 and 1, And when the day of Pentecost or Shavuot came, there they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where he was sitting. And they, uh, they saw that what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came down to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other languages in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They were, they were like, oh my gosh, this is like another moment. This is a God coming down moment. There was amazing things that happened where, 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 is it, where the, what they were celebrating, that the, the moment where God came down, the earth shook, the sky uh, uh, lit up with lightning and, and the sound of God's voice was booming and the cloud of glory came down and the shofar was blasting and the people were, uh, uh, pe- so, so it was so loud that people were throwing back several miles, causing them to faint. That's why they were celebrating and then this rushing wind came and they're like, hey! And then the presence of God came down and came upon people's lives. I mean, they'd been lighting these little candles, but now it's like the Craig's got one on his head. And the Holy Spirit showed up as a Christian. God coming and revealing Himself as the Saviour, big deal. Jesus coming and giving His life, His perfect life for my broken life, the one lamb given for all, big deal. Holy Spirit showing up and being available for each and every one, the power of God coming upon His people, big deal. Three festivals, three powerful moments. And then we just pack up and we go home. Great. Thank you so much. Appreciate your work, Steve. Don't have to go out and do that myself now. Or do we realise this is leading to something greater? This is meant to be, God, I come and I give you my first fruits offering, believing that the tree is about to be full. You know, it's a really cool story. Just off track for a little bit. There's a young man came this morning to church. He's been part of our community link teen mentoring program. The other day, he, we, we, we were having lunch and his mentor brought him up around the lunchroom and, and he said, hey, would it be all right if I came to church? I was like, absolutely. I said, I'll meet you there. I got here at quarter to, I, t- I told him the gathering started at 10.30. Just checking he's not in the room. I don't want to embarrass him. Don't think he's here tonight. And, uh, and so I said, I'll meet you down here. You can come and sit with me. If there's no one else to sit with me. I was preaching. I let him know that, but I told him, Come sit with me, hang out. I got here at 9.45, he was already here. Sharp, looking sharp as. Chris, our, our community link general manager, came down as well and we sat together. And uh, at the end of the gathering, I said, if, hey, if you need Jesus, why don't you put up your hand? We'd love to pray with you. Put his hand up. Yeah, it's amazing, eh? 
was, that was an average clap again, guys. Just, we're not playing golf here. And um, we'll get to it in a moment. And, 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 then, and then afterwards I said, hey, do you want a Bible? Because we've got a Bible. If you, have, if you need a Bible, we want to give you one of those. He goes, yeah, that'd be cool. So we walked down the back and on the way he was like cuddling, giving uh, uh, to different staff. He saw Carolyn and he went over and, and then he saw, um, uh, he saw different people. And he's like, hey, how are you doing? How are you? He's like a celebrity. And he went and got his Bible and he was talking to different people. And then Chris came over and I said, man, this is cool, Chris. And he goes, this is what we've been waiting for. Very emotional. This is what we've been praying for. We do all these amazing things all over the place, but this is the first fruit. And I said, hey, yeah, but there's a tree. And this is what the Jewish people were doing the festivals, believing for the full tree. Can I ask you, do you believe that, that, that God, this Holy Spirit, that we know about, that we celebrate, we've been talking about, we celebrate at Pentecost. Do you believe that He's a full tree? Because the Jews do. And the Bible says it. But do we live like it? I prayed for Michael and it didn't go so well, so I'm a little bit scared to pray again. I prayed for so-and-so and they didn't get healed like I thought they would. And I'm like, no, 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 this is just my first fruit. You know, the greatest thing about praying for someone is that you obeyed God. <laughs> the miracle was just like, that's just, you obeyed God. God, you felt like God say, pray for that person. And you just went, pray for them. You just stepped out and you did it. Man, that's a miracle. But I'm believing for a full tree. I'm believing for the outpouring. I'm believing for the water and I'm believing for the joy. I'm believing for the, the pouring out of God and presence coming down. I'm believing for God to come and intervene in our life because guess what? You need it. I need it. My family needs it. Your school needs it. Your workplace needs it. Your friends need it. Your nation needs it. The nations of the world need our God to intervene. And He set it up for us. And He's made a way for us.